award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right, hello everybody and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We've got a fun show for you today. It's the middle of January and we're talking ducks today. Yeah, all right. So I got Mr. Don King helping me co-host, as always, here at Studio B. Thanks, Jason. Good good to be with you today. Yeah, I'm excited. And we have Seth Dortch. He's with Final Flight Outfitters. He's a creative guy. He does all things outdoors. We're going to have fun talking with him today. So, Man, I'm right. excited to be here. It's going to be good. Good deal. Yeah. He, he was telling us he's been duck hunting. He's got some Oklahoma dirt on his truck outside. So <laughs> Yeah, if anybody needs some, I, I'm more than glad to share. So. <laughs> I'm excited to, to hear what he's been doing, learn more about him, and talk about how Final Flight Outfitters has been a big supporter of our conservation raffle. Yes. And, and so many other things. So we're going to jump right in. Seth, tell us about yourself and... Uh, uh, just introduce yourself to the folks out there listening and watching. Sure, absolutely. Well, first off, guys, thank you all so much for having me on. And, you know, it's been so cool what you all have done with the podcast and, and just giving people a voice and, and sharing that story because I think a lot of people want to hear that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, my name's Seth Dorch. I'm a freelance marketing and creative professional in addition to being marketing manager for Final Flight Outfitters Incorporated based out of Union City, Tennessee. My wife, uh, Heather, love her so much. We live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and so much of my outdoor pursuits and career growth is so impacted by her whether it's her running a camera or anything like that um, <laughs> cool. so we, we relocated there this past april but constantly on the road and especially right now in, in the heart of, of waterfowling season whether it's doing projects or buddy hunting or checking up with my brands things like that um, definitely keeps me busy but it's so good and uh, every time waterfowl season gets here it's just you just want to soak it up as much <laughs> as you can so yeah. yeah i'm excited for this conversation and what the things we'll discuss so you're all over the state and all over the country. You know, been, just got back from Oklahoma. And, yeah, and so last the start of last week, one of the brands that we carry at Final Flight, they brought me, Trip, which is one of the co-owners, and then his son, Cameron. Uh, we were in southeast Arkansas meeting with them and looking at product and things like that, because uh -huh. especially the way with COVID's been, a lot of the, the – so we're in a buy group, um, and a lot of the – you know, with not having buy groups, you got to – communicate with your brands and see the product yeah. so we were out there for two days and then i drove to oklahoma um hunted with my brother-in-law and his dad just for spend some quality time with them and then i cut up and um, we've got some really good friends that have an incredible outfitting operation called falco outfitters uh, just in northern Oklahoma, northern uh -huh. central Oklahoma, um, and did really well out there. Got to spend some time with them and then got back at about 11.30 last night and drove up here. <laughs> yeah. Man, he's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Hunting and fishing, does that come natural for you? Were you introduced to that young, sure. at a young age? Yeah, so more so on the hunting side, you know, fishing ponds and west. So I was born and raised in, in West Tennessee, Milan, Tennessee. Uh -huh. um, so you've got all the river bottoms there, Fork yeah. Deer, Obine River, all that. Um, my dad, uh, Lee Dorch, he's the primary initiator for me in, in my outdoor pursuits and that came through through waterfowling yeah. um, so my the whole Dort side of the family is from the Martin Tennessee area so Obine River Bottoms all of that which you know 60 years ago it looked way different than what what right. it even looks like now yeah um, so my great uncle Herman Dorch he was a guide for Davy Crockett Hunting Club which is a private hunting club just right there off the Obine River so when he wouldn't be guiding, he would take my dad, you know, little guy, just trying to teach him the ropes. And from that, um, my dad, throughout the years, becoming a really, really good hunter and teaching me those things. And mm -hmm. then from there, 
you know, it's just kind of taken off not only on the hunting and fishing side, but even on the adventure sports side with us leaving it, living in East Tennessee now, rock climbing and uh-huh. backpacking and camping and all that good stuff. And just really great mentors teaching me like, hey, this is what you need to do here. And I think that's so much of learning and even what, what we'll talk about today of getting into something new is there's a lot of people that are willing to teach you what you need to learn. Right. We just need to be willing to, to say, I don't know what to do, and I've got some questions about that. Uh-huh. And that's been so much of my journey, and especially not only as being an outdoorsman, but also being a creative professional and things of that nature. And so it, uh, it's definitely opened my perspective in that ways a lot, knowing that anybody can, can start something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we get kind of overwhelmed of, I, I just don't know, I just don't know, I don't want to look stupid, I, I don't want to be that guy or that girl that doesn't know what to do, but right. you've got to be, like, right. to, to start anything, like, even <laughs> whether it's with a podcast, like, you're learning as you go, and uh-huh. that's, that's the you know, that's the humanity of us, is we're all learning in a process, and um, so, yeah, it's it's been super cool to, to be able to do what I love, um, and when I look back at just the progression of my journey, um, that, you know, being started with my dad with duck hunting and then uh-huh. everything, it, what it's evolved into. But at heart, man, I'm, I'm a waterfowler, and that's yeah. what really gets my <laughs> gears going and gets my blood pumping. So That's awesome. Yeah, so that's what, awesome. What, did your, what did your dad do for a living? So my dad's in roofing distribution, so he, he wasn't in the outdoor space or anything okay. like that. Um, so he, he must look at you and go, man, he is living the dream. I'm so <laughs> proud of my son. It, you know, it. So, as from a boy going to a man and, and walking into masculinity and manhood, um, it's it's been really neat to to hear those words from your dad. Like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, like, you know, I, you're doing such a good job. Mm-hmm. And because he, you know, he didn't know when I was a little boy, and I, <laughs> I'm always wanting to go hunting and stuff like that. I would be doing what I do now. Sure. Um, and that's why I try to like, try to constantly thank him. You know, and him and my mom for all the times that. You know, I was able to get those opportunities to mm-hmm. to go and hunt and learn and spend time with people that are really good at what they do, whether it's just being a hunter or whether it's be, you know you work in the outdoor space or anything like that. So yeah, it's it's neat, man. I'm I'm thankful for to have that connection with him and kind of kind of live that out. And I, I definitely anybody that teaches me or mentors me, I, t- I take it upon my own self as a responsibility to to represent them well um, and what I do and who I'm doing it for and uh-huh. who I'm becoming myself. So it's been yeah. cool. You got a lot of great stuff out there. I see you on Instagram, you know, and, and your photos and, and some of the stuff that you're doing. It looks like a lot of fun. Got the dream job, I'd say. It's uh, uh you know, it's it's definitely living the dream, but man, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. But that that's the man, especially with social media. Y'all know just as well as I do that if you don't use the platforms with the connotation of man, there's a lot of context behind this post or yeah. this guy's life or this guy's story or this brand, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, um, that for for anybody that seems to be crushing it or, you know, living the dream, on the back end there's man, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of making decisions not based off feelings and just because it feels good, but it's like, I'm committed to this and yeah. I'm gonna figure it out and I'm gonna keep pressing on. Um, and that's really I mean we all struggle with that, you know. Right. It's, you know what, every day we wake up, we're not always just like, "Man, I'm ready to, <laughs> yeah. to crush the day." It's yeah. kind of like, kind of like sports a little bit. In that, you know, you exactly. see a great athlete, and you think, "Man, they, they make it look so easy." Sure. And, and what they're doing is not easy. And yeah. And when you see a, a really good post that makes you, that inspires you to, sure. man, I want to go do that. Mm-hmm. I want to be where that guy or gal was. You yeah. know, then that's, 
that's uh, it's it's not easy to do, and yeah. you know, like like you said, so much thought needs to go into it, and and uh, it's just not off the cuff and yeah. and uh, willy nilly, you know. Sure, preparation and all that goes behind it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the conservation raft real quick, and then we'll yep. jump into duck hunting one on one because we want people to know how to get out there. Um, Final Flight Outdoors was a big uh, outfitters was a big um, supporter for the conservation rifle. Tell us how that what that role was there and, and what what those hunters are going to get to experience because they haven't experienced it yet, have they? Right. Yeah. So we're we're super excited um, to be a part of it, and so we've partnered with with Real Tree Outdoors, which is a, a partner of ours as a as a company. Um, and so the winners of this this waterfowl package is what we partnered on. Um, so there's several other brands involved and in giving donating product and. Mm-hmm. Our role is to be the host for the hunt. Uh-huh. So the powers, and I'll give a little backstory of Final Flight Outfitters real quick. Um, Final Flight Outfitters Incorporated is a sporting goods dealer based in uh, Northwest Tennessee, Union City, Tennessee, and um, we're about thirty thousand square foot. You know, brick and mortar retail operation. We also have a total e-commerce, FinalFlight.net, mm-hmm. um, and then we also have a whole catalog mail order operation uh-huh. that hits thousands and thousands. You know, just crazy numbers of, sure. of mailboxes. Sure. Um, so that's owned by the Powers Brothers, John Ed Tripp and Kelly Powers, which are some of the most influential people in my life and in my journey. And everything they do is is quartered right there in Midway. It's a little community in between Union City and Martin, Tennessee. Um, they farm 4,000, 4,500 acres, some you know, rough estimate. And so we'll be hunting one of those farms. And it's really... It's it's going to be an incredible experience. I all the time when I'm hunting with them, I, I I really try to not take for granted the the privilege that it is. Not only from a standpoint of what we that do hunt with the final flight crew get to learn, mm. um, but just the whole process in itself. Because everything they're all their gears are always going, man. I mean, it's <laughs> sometimes you're like, man, we done moved all this stuff once. You want us to move it, but they're they're adamant about really trying to be the best that they can be even when no one's watching even when nobody's even knowing it um and so the winners of that will be able to come and experience all of that stay at the final flight lodge and we'll host them and spend time with them and the final flight lodge itself um is incredible it's got a a lot of old history pictures and stuff like that so as final flight was starting in 1998 kelly which is the youngest brother he was beginning his monumental career of competitive waterfowl calling specifically goose calling um so he went on to win he's champion of champion goose caller arguably the best the world's best goose caller um so as both of those things were really starting to grow Mm. they both started impacting each other so as he would go and compete in, in competitions the, the other brothers, John, Ed, and Tripp, they'd go set up a booth and sell. Like, so some of the first brands were Duck Commander, the Robertsons. Uh-huh. Um, I, I know, I'm sure, Mossy Oak. I don't know who the other three brand. I can't remember who that, but just, you know, basic basic stuff. Yeah. And from there, started building relationships and acquiring more accounts and uh-huh. more partners and things of that nature. And, you know, just those baby steps of not really knowing what this thing's going to look like. And then, boom, here we are. Yeah. And, and I can today. imagine in the duck blind, you know, when there's a little lull and birds yeah. flying, you know, there's a lot of shop talk going on. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> I, so, uh, eventually, we I would, you know, we're trying to start a, a podcast with them and, and just to talk about those things because man it, it, you know all three of them they're so intelligent and the way they analyze and view things and it, it all comes from different elements from agriculture from being outdoorsmen uh-huh. from being just really great businessmen but, mm-hmm. but 
but just being really understanding of people and knowing how people operate. Um, and yeah, sometimes we'll get into conversations. I'm like, man, my, my brain is about to explode. Like, I don't even know what, what perspective you're looking from, but you know, and that's a, that's a constant thing. And so we have a final flight hunt club and a lot of the different buddies of theirs and, and different people, we all hunt together. And it's funny, the, the going joke is everybody in the club has like a you know, specific role. Like one's a doctor, a surgeon, one's a tax guy, one's a lawyer. You know, just like, yeah. hey, if you need anything, you know, what a, you take your pick. So it's really neat to be a part of that community and to be impacted by those guys. And so I'm really excited for the winners of the conservation yeah. raffle to, to come and experience that and us just be able to invest in them and, uh, and just host them and give them a, just an experience that really connects with them and, and be personable with them. So we're I, don't, I don't know if it's their first hunt or if, if they're big duck hunters, sure. the winners, but a chance to hunt with the Jordan family. That's pretty cool. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So Tyler will be flying in for that. Um, and I think he's going to bring one other person, and man, the you know our partnership with Realtree Outdoors has has been been awesome, um, and growing relationship with them, and obviously they you know crush it in what they do, and yeah. um, not only just what they do, but who they are, and so we're excited to have Tyler come and hang out with him, and all of us host together, and just have a really really good hunt. That's awesome. Yep. that's awesome. Well, let's talk about duck hunting. I mean, you know, the season's up, you know it's it's here. We got a few weeks left, but if somebody wanted to get started, wanted to 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 just try it out this year before the season ends, what would somebody need to do? I mean, uh, what's some of the first steps that you would take as a new duck hunter to get get out there? Get a lifetime license. <laughs> there you go. Man, I wish I, I wish like my, I wish think. my dad would have bought one. No, so obviously license is part of it. Yeah. Um, Man, first thing, you need to prepare your heart because it's been hard hunting. Uh, <laughs> like, know your expectations. But uh, so two things, and I've seen this in a lot of different ways, not only in the hunting community but fishing community, whatever, something new, you're, whether it's booking a hunt with an outfitter uh-huh. um, that knows what they're doing, uh, they have the place, they have the space, they've got the operation. Um, so what reason why I say that, so when I started getting into fly fishing, I was like, man, this learning curve and barrier uh-huh. to entry just seems mm-hmm. very overwhelming. Um, and if you don't have people in your life that have the time and the willingness to teach you, that's a really, really good route because they can help, help you know what you need, uh-huh. why you need it, kind of coach you through it. And then as you, as they're doing their thing, you can kind of learn from them and yeah. ask questions and just absorb all that. Yeah. Um, another thing, and I tell this to people all the time, whether it's for firearms or soft goods, you know, clothing, any of that, go to your, your local dealer. Um, obviously, I would love for anybody and everybody to come to Final Flight Outfitters, uh, but there are a ton of great independent dealers that can really help you and that want to help you and coach you and give you insight and see you go from point a of just learning uh-huh. to 10 years later and you know you're really developed in what you're doing and that's that's one of the cool things about the whole dealer aspect of, of the outdoor space is that's where so much of the one-on-one hey what's your name what it, how, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, you have that really intentional relationship and you know what they shoot, why they shoot it, what their misses are, where, uh-huh. what, you know, what their struggles are and, and all that. Um, and so that, those are two really great things. Other than that, um, obviously with the way that the web is now, you can research, 
anything and everything. Right. Um, and sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a bad thing because, <laughs> man, a lot of times there's too many options. You're like, I don't even know what to pick. Um, but whether it's reaching out, even with the power of social media, reaching out to people that you admire, yeah. um, that you see. Man, I have so many conversations, for example, just on Instagram of direct messages of asking me questions. And uh-huh. I love, you know, there's the connotation, you know, there's context there. I can't respond all the time, all the way. Um, but I really try to be intentional with those conversations of whether it's, hey, do you know anywhere to hunt in this place? Or, hey, what do I need for this? Or what, you know, any anything of that nature. Yeah. Um, then when you really get down to the basics, obviously waterfowling is such a gear intensive activity with a lot of things. Um, but with water waterfowling, especially if you're hunting in West Tennessee or river bottoms, you know, you're talking boat motors, you're talking, mm. you know, you're talking about getting on big bodies of water, uh-huh. you're talking about all the safety aspects that go into that and right. you know life jackets and you know all that lights and everything then you know you start talking about chest waders which that's what's so incredible about hunting anything like that is in every region it's it's a totally different kind of deal because uh-huh. uh, for example being out in oklahoma the past couple of days we wear chest waders a couple of times because we're hunting big, you know, reservoirs or, or smaller cow ponds and things like that. Uh-huh. Other than that, you're hunting dry fields, so you just need a pair of bibs and boots and and you know decoys and blind and and that's it. Yeah. Or UTV to get out there. Um, so I, you know, first thing I would tell somebody is consider what region you're hunting. Uh-huh. Like, what do you need? Not it's. I love talking about what you want, but <laughs> let's talk about what you need because especially with with anything we do for us as humans we can definitely have the mentality of man if i don't have all of that stuff then i will not be a good whatever be successful exactly so that really that's what's important to me is i want to equip people with what they need because that's when they'll really place value on how it performs Mm -hmm. and seeing it actually perform the way they need it um so you know that's a whole open conversation in itself of what to get, what not to get, yeah. you know, what could you use sometimes, what could you use all the time, and you know, we that's the name of the game. So. I think that's the same with, with any outdoor sport. I mean, I look, and I got a trunk full of hunting stuff. Right. Deer hunting, mainly, you know, uh, turkey hunting, I don't duck hunt, but I, I don't use half of it sometimes. It's like exactly. I, you know, I just take the basics and go yeah. set out my blind or my tree stand, and I'm good to go. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times you, you can over-populate uh, your gearbox, you know. Absolutely. Man, I, I, I'm a big believer and you know whether it's a product or process you know if you can try to strip everything away that's just kind of fluff and and just additives and get that solid that solid basic that performs constantly like that's that's the sweet spot yeah because then you don't spend all your time whether it's fiddling with something or you know trying to fix something and that that's a process in itself because with anything we have you know that, that just takes time of knowing gosh that did not I didn't even need that, so I'm going to do away with that, sell it, whatever, and then now I know that I don't need that, so now I know what I can focus on. So yeah, well, I'm going to say he, you know, outfitter. That's one of the things you mentioned. Yep. So maybe reach out to an outfitter. That'd yep. be a great way to get started. Visit your local hunting store, uh, whether it's a Final Flight Outfitters or a Bass Pro or, right. or a small store somewhere in your county. Yep. Uh, talk to them. I'm going to say probably should have been number one, but maybe only number three. Read your hunting guide. Know all the hunting regulations. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, the waterfowl section in the hunting guide is not very long, so read it front to back. You know, yeah. know that yep. that section of the hunting guide. Uh, but then what about uh, some of the gear here? You brought some duck calls, and I want to I want to explain which ones you need. Let's hear a few maybe. Uh, yeah. Todd, yeah. you may have to bring the volume down. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know. so what I've got on my lanyard here, um, so these are all power calls. Um, so... 
obviously with with Kelly being a competitive caller, um, he you know went off and, and did his own thing in regards to taking the knowledge and the the all the experiences that, that he has had of calling and mm-hmm. whether that's being on the stage or in the field um, with a, another incredible team of, of really great callers that, that work for Power Calls now. Um, and so that's what I have on my lanyard. Um, so I'm trying to think of how complex to make it. Um, so you've got you've got a couple different standard types of duck calls. So like this one right here, this is a Power Calls Jolt single read. Um, it's a J-frame style call. So what I mean by that is on the tone board and the way that the cut is, like this whole body of, of insert is a J-frame style. It's just the standard style okay. through history. Um, and so that's going to produce a different sound compared to what this impulse is here. And this is kind of a, a more, I would say, modernized, um, just they, you know, they call it their, their whole impulse insert. Um, it's a titanium tone board, uh, huh. which, you know, produces a, a totally different tone than mm-hmm. what a material like an acrylic would be. Um, and so this is my, my primary call is, is this impulse. Um, it's definitely got a big, learning curve to it it took me a while and a lot of questions to kelly be like dude how do i crank on this like i need help yeah Um, there's a technique to it yeah yeah no doubt and um even in the way you know it's it's a lot of fun seeing especially like kids and stuff like that Uh um pick up a call so i've got two nieces and uh, that was literally one of the first things i bought my oldest niece when she was born is rnt has like these little baby calls that you can buy and i bought her one of those and <laughs> she'll you know she'll quack on it you know just blow it <laughs> blow hot air through it um, but there is a whole process just like with any other game calls of what to do what not to do how to how to present your air into the call it's just like an instrument mm, and yeah. you know how how to compress the back of your throat or how to pop your tongue you know all of that and that just takes time and practice and a lot of trial and error Uh like that did not sound good or that didn't (laughs) sound like a duck and then other than that i keep one standard canada call on my uh, lanyard at all times and then one spec call um so you know even talking goose calls if somebody's considering getting a goose call for a lot of the mississippi flyway especially south of you know once you get to missouri south of missouri arkansas tennessee uh speckle bellies are definitely the the most prominent goose besides snow geese Mm -hmm. um other than you know rather than what the canada goose used to be used to be you know especially in northwest tennessee southwest kentucky you know they would kill a lot of canada geese Uh but flyaway patterns have changed a lot of different elements up north of hot water retaining ponds and all kind of like what's what's the point of going down south if we've got it made here yeah, right. that that whole deal um so a speckle belly call would definitely be beneficial um but yeah in, in regards to to basic fundamentals the first thing you're ever going to do on a, a duck call is just try to quack um it's just and that's that's where everything flows from um and so that'll you know just is this gonna be loud no you're good go ahead It's just the basic basic quack. Okay. Um, and so for me, you know, for example, you may be a great caller, I may be a great caller, but we may blow two totally different ways of how we present our air. Uh-huh. Um, and there's all kinds of different ways of what people will say, what people will not say. But the biggest thing is, you know, learning really hand placement, back pressure, that influences a lot of the call and the tones that you'll get. Um, the other is, you know, whether you're saying literally quack into it so a lot of times we'll communicate with people and just blow into the back of the call that way people can hear it so whether you're going 
So I'm just I'm literally going quack like, and you know there's all kinds of but that's that's what I do. Um, you can you know ask a lot of different. My encouragement to somebody uh-huh. is to ask multiple people. That yeah. way you can kind of collect all the data and then start practicing yourself. But uh-huh. eventually it'll it'll get to something like this. You know, and that's I see them coming. <laughs> yeah, that, that's you know, there's different ways to chatter, different ways to quack, you know. But at the end of the day, listen to live birds, hear what they do. Yeah. For mm-hmm. us as humans, like we always kind of come up with the with the ways <laughs> that they, good that we, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and that goes into to decoys. You know, even with the colors of of waterfowl decoys, um, years and years. Kelly and, and John Ed and the Final Flight crew, they've really, and this is trans, you know, transferred into companies with, with Higdon Outdoors doing a powers pack. So it's a green head and a black duck. So they, they do see, co- you know, they see color to the extent of mm-hmm. being in range. Um, but primarily what they see from an aerial perspective is just contrast of light. So they either see whites or they see darks. Um, and so... That, you know, that's a whole conversation in itself for decoy spreads and do, what, do I need mallard decoys? Do I need this species? And at the end of the day, you know, primarily they're seeing either a white or a dark. So mm. the better you can make that pop and better you can present that to a bird, it's going to be beneficial down the road. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's, what, a good you know, tip. They, that's what we run um, so much. And, and they've taught me so much about that. Um, and especially Kelly driving that home and John Ed driving that home is really make that contrast pop. So for example, two years ago, at one of the farms, John Ed put out a ton of snow geese in the backside of, of where one of the farms are. And it wasn't because we wanted to kill a lot of snow geese. It's because that white just, it's an attractant. Like you can see it from long, you know far off and, uh-huh. and see it from a distance. And it's it's helped. Like you can, when you get new birds in or high birds and you start hammering on them, like having that attractant really does help and that visibility. And, you know, those are just, you know, all kinds of little tips like that sure. that will come and go. And that's why. I encourage anybody to to whether it's ask somebody that you keep up with on, on social media that you really admire, whether it's a, a dealer, sporting goods dealer, big or small, whether it's you know uh, an outfitter, whatever it may be. That way you can you can pick up on those little things and, and find out. Uh huh. Awesome. Yep. Well, that's great. Some great tips. Real quick before you go, we didn't get to it, but I will have to touch on it fast. You work with state parks a little bit. You just recently went to Natchez Trace on a hunt. Talk about that real fast. Yeah, if you want a public land deer hunt, go check it out, man. Or fish, get a cabin, get your wife, kids, whatever it may be. Uh, Man, the state park system in Tennessee is incredible. I'm honored to do work with them. And go use your public lands, man. Go utilize them. Go check them out, explore, and, and really enjoy it. Seth, this has been great. We'll have to get him back. Yep. Oh, yep. I'd love to be back, Part man. Two. Part yeah. two coming up. There's a, so much more we could cover, but the trip to Natchez Trace looked really cool. I've seen some awesome. photos. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of public land out there, a lot yeah. of opportunity on some of the state parks. Just look at your guide, check your guide, check the websites. And, That's and, right. And if anybody has questions, you can find me on social media, Seth Dortch Creative. Got a website, SethDortch.com. Um, reach out to me. Don't hesitate All to right. reach out. Yeah, so he's accessible, and we appreciate you. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank y'all so much. Thanks to Final Flight Outfitters for uh, the conservation support, the conservation rifle support. That's great. You bet. Absolutely. And uh, we really appreciate that. So, 
This is Tennessee Wildcast. Keep coming back. Keep watching. Keep tuning in. We've got some great shows for you this year. Uh, it's 2021. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm new, ready for new it. Year. <laughs> it's a new year. So we'll uh, see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast, and have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.